Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. You are locked on Bucks and locked on Celtics. We're back for a crossover. It's been a while since we've been able to do this. And the big reason for that is the Bucks and the Celtics have only played once this season. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of Locked on Bucks. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. And also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, a man that I've probably podcasted with more than anyone else in the Locked on Network is John Corrales from Locked on Celtics. John, it's always good to catch up with you. And it does feel yeah, like man. we should do this. We should. We should. It's it's unfortunate that some of the juice has been sapped out of this matchup <laughs> <say that. laughs> with the Celtics eight page injury report. But hey, look, we're we're right there neck and neck in the standings, just like we thought. Uh this is gonna be even if this game, no matter how it goes, this it's gonna set up a, a great final game and uh what I expect to be uh, a series against each other at some point during the playoffs. Yeah, we can get into some big picture stuff because, as you said, maybe the anticipation for tomorrow uh, or Tuesday night has changed a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on today to get started. And we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks or Locked On Celtics your first watch, your first listen of every single day. It's Absolutely free to subscribe, turn the notifications on, jump in the comments on YouTube in particular. I'm sure over at Locked On Celtics, John, the, the comments section is as engaged Pop. as it is. There is, there is there is thoughts getting thrown out there, which we love. I always mm-hmm. say this. You don't, have to, you don't have to agree with me. I'm not saying I'm always right, but get in there and let I us am. know what you like, what you don't like. I'm always right. I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just being friendly. You're right, actually. I, I yeah. right. <laughs> now it is fun. It is actually fun. It's fun to see the YouTube uh, comment sections. I've been saying it on my show. Like you start to see the threads. That that's yeah. the best part. Like because now you're seeing people talking to one another, yeah. and that's you, you don't have to be on Twitter because Twitter has become a, like a cesspool. And you don't have to be on these. <laughs> like, just the, these comment section on our team pages are, are are good spots. I like them. All right, let's not bury the lead here. The Bucks and the Celtics play on Tuesday night, as we said, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, 7.30 Eastern in Milwaukee. I believe it's a TNT game. Let's just get to the injury report here, John. Yeah. Celtics, uh, no smart. Not a surprise. Uh, ankle, it's not an ankle sprain as much as it is a bone bruise that he's been dealing with for a long time and aggravated. And Brad Stevens uh, spoke to the media recently and said that Marcus is close. But I don't think they're going to bring him back before the All Star break. This is they got two games left. This one and the one against Detroit. So send him to you know whatever tropical resort hmm. a couple of days early. Go relax, kick your feet up, don't don't do anything, and we'll see you when you get back. Jalen Brown out with a broken face. Jason Tatum doubtful with a non not cold non COVID illness. So could be looking at no Smart, no Brown, no Tatum starting. You know one two three. For uh, the Celtics, Grant Williams questionable. 
with an elbow issue. Robert Williams questionable with an ankle. Malcolm Brogdon on the injury report, probable with an Achilles, so it looks like he'll play, but uh, that Achilles soreness seems to have been bugging him recently, so we'll we'll see. But that's basically all the good players except for Al Horford on the injury report and Derek White. Eastern yeah, Conference it, Player of the Week, Derek White. It is fascinating because as we kind of hinted to second time they've played this season if the bucks are able to win this game it does set up a a third game later in the season that could be meaningful if these two teams continue to win and continue to to pace the eastern conference and they've kind of broken away just a little bit here we know it can change uh, really quickly and the bucks a few weeks ago i wouldn't have thought we're going to even catch up to the celtics but a 10 game winning streak there's some schedule stuff here and and you know this, John, when you get something like this where there might be star players missing, take advantage of it. It's not up to the Bucks to feel bad about it. Take care of business when you're a oh, yeah. straight game and try and, uh, and, and, and try and uh, gain an advantage or get closer to the Celtics here who, who have been at the top of the East from the start. So I guess that's my question. We, this game is going to be a funny one, but more big picture. The Celtics this season started hot, offense sizzling, and as is the case for most regular seasons, you see there's little patches, a two, three game patch where things might not go the way they wanted to. Now there's a few guys out of the lineup. Where do you think the Celtics are placed? And this is a, this is a very, very broad question, but uh, we are now on the road to the postseason. Yeah, well, they went through a, a, a portion of the season where they were the absolute best team in the league. And then they kind of were mediocre a little bit. But their defense actually, their defense has consistently climbed. I will say that. Their offense dropped to mediocre, but their defense has consistently been climbing, and uh, they've gotten into the top five in each. So that that has been uh, a nice development for them. But, you know, there were other teams that started making their moves. Philly had a big run. You guys are on a big run. Memphis had a big run. So the rest of the league started to catch up to the Celtics. But over the past month, month and a week, the Celtics have ba- gone back to being the best team in the league again. So I think this is about right. They're they're the only team with 40-plus wins in the league. Uh, they are a game and a half up on Milwaukee, which is – I wouldn't expect them to have a, a much bigger lead than that over the Bucks. Four games over the Sixers. That That is the trio right there. I, I, and if, it, if the Sixers didn't have, like, that beginning of the season kind of tough start, they'd be right there with the Celtics. So – that's the trio. Cleveland is kind of in a in a class by itself now that Brooklyn has kind of imploded. And then there's the rest of the teams there. And and so I, I feel like this is exactly where we all should be. This is like a game of Mario Kart now. We're all kind of jockeying for position. Who's going to throw that red shell at the end of the year? That's going to be the big question. So what did you say from the trade deadline? And I mean, we've discussed this a fair bit on Locked On Bucks. I think anytime if you are a contending team, and you see superstars go to the opposite conference, you sit back and say, okay, well, we're not too upset about that with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Brooklyn looked like a team that was always going to be a wild card. Now those two stars have moved over to the West, which I think you're fine with if you're a Bucks or a Celtics fan. But did you think that the Celtics needed to do anything big? I mean, it seems like a silly question because you've been cruising along, but both the Bucks and the Celtics made some, some minor stuff. Minor yeah, things. yeah. I, I, I think the, the trade deadline was the the rest of the league trying to catch up to the top of the league. So the rest of the league made big, bigger moves, uh, took bigger swings, traded five draft picks for team for guys. And uh, the Celtics, the Bucks, they made their, their little moves. They kind of, kind of shored up their depth because 
hey, Milwaukee knows who they are. They're a really good team with their core, and they're just looking for some place to upgrade. So when the Celtics and Bucks do match up in the Eastern Conference Finals, Jason Tatum's not hunting down the Grayson Allen switch. He's mm-hmm. on to Jay Crowder. That makes absolute perfect sense for the Bucks, even if it's not the Jay Crowder that we knew from the Miami days It's or even his early Celtics days. It just makes sense to try and find that guy. The Celtics, they want to add a little bit more shooting so they can space the floor a little bit better. Al Horford, through the through the course of the regular season, he's not going to play back-to-back. So he's playing against Milwaukee, not going to play against uh, Detroit. So you go out and get Mike Muscala, who's a big guy who can get, get out there and, and shoot and has been not shy about shooting. So I thought that was a, a good, solid move. And, and now they still have that open roster spot where they can go get somebody if they feel like they want to add like a little extra wing depth. So some of the names that have come up have already come off the board, but I can see them going after a Will Barton or somebody like that. That's, is he going to move the needle? Is he going to change any, anything? Is he going to like throw the odds? So out of whack? No, but Hey, that's one more guy that, that can play and may not play in the playoffs, but can get you some regular season depth. Uh, Brad Stevens calls it. You want to be foul proof. So if somebody comes out with uh, two early fouls, you can stick somebody capable in there and be fine. That's that's what Milwaukee did. That's what Boston did. That's what the the teams at the top did. Uh, you know, Memphis getting Luke Kennard. Like the, the, these these kind of like single guy moves that adds a little bit of a depth piece. Smart smart way to do it while the rest of the league is trying to catch up. Yeah, I agree. And I do want to ask you whether you think the way that the Bucks have changed the roster and added a few guys in the offseason. Now you mentioned Jay Crowder, whether anything has changed in terms of the matchup from what we saw in a seven-game series last year in the postseason. So I'm going to ask you that question after I talk about FanDuel. And by the way, we did our app, uh, did our buyout uh, episode yesterday. And you're right. We're talking about the same guys. We talked about Will Barton. We talked about Pat Bev. And as you said, some of the other guys, Terrence Ross, Reggie Jackson, they're already off the board. Uh, Danny Green went to Cleveland. So, yeah, I think we're in the same position. And the buyout market to me is the exact same. If you think, I don't think there's a major, major difference maker, but if there's anyone that you think, okay, he can actually play playoff minutes, if you're the Bucks, you're fine if they go West, but you don't want them to go to the Boston Celtics. You would prefer right. if they go to the opposite conference. So I'm sure we're in the same boat there and the fans are thinking the same thing. But we are beyond the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And I had to read that a couple of times the first time, John. If your first bet doesn't win. Doesn't win. Yeah. Doesn't win. You, you, you swing and miss, not a problem. They give you, they give you the no-sweat <laughs> first bet. That's what we love. So I'd rather download. miss. I'd rather. I think I take a bad bet just so I can miss, so I can get the no sweat. Give me, yeah, give me all the bonus bets. I think that's smart. That's a smart move. FanDuel out here, uh, just uh, going the opposite way about it, which we love. So download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained as well. And I just quickly got the NBA championship odds up here right now. Boston Celtics favorite at plus two seventy. The Bucks at plus. 410 and then the Phoenix Suns obviously the big mover after the trade deadline in at plus 500 so the betting market at FanDuel still suggests that the two best teams in the league are in the same conference and as John pointed to they might be on a collision course in the Eastern Conference Finals so 
Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So this question about the lineup, we went through that series last year that was just an absolute grind for seven straight games, super physical, defensive-minded. The Bucks obviously didn't have Chris Milton in the offseason. They had Joe Ingles. Say what you want about his... Yeah, what he can do defensively at this point in his career, but it's another big guy that they didn't have. You pointed to the Grayson Allen stuff last year. Now they add Jay Crowder. Do you think the Bucks are better placed from purely manpower, what a playoff rotation might look like to deal with a Celtics team that, let's face it, it's a big team. It's a big team, uh, very perimeter oriented, but you know, they that I think the Bucks are as good a matchup against the Celtics as you're gonna find. Uh, Drew Holiday, you know, Pitbull, your Marcus Smart. So you can kind of like say, okay, those two guys are kind of like a similar version of one another. Uh, you know, you go across with Chris Middleton, who, you know, he'll, he'll like, I expect him to just be Chris Middleton by the time these two teams match up in the playoffs. Uh, he's a Celtics killer. He's like the captain of the, 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 the <laughs> all Celtics killer team, man. So, I mean, yeah, I'm afraid of, of him. Uh, you know, but, but obviously, I mean, we don't have to mention Giannis because Giannis is, you know, probably the best player on the floor. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody on Boston would doubt that Giannis is the best player on the floor and, you know, either on either side, the whole thing with, with Boston is Jason Tatum. Is he, is he, how close is he to Giannis? Is he on the same level as Giannis? And that, that's going to be the big thing. And it's Tatum shooting. That, that puts him on that level because obviously Giannis is not going to be able to do what Tatum does with the st- sidestep threes and all of that stuff. So Tatum has really risen his game. But if you've got Brooke Lopez in there protecting the rim, that that's going to be tough. I think having with, – with what the Celtics have done with a Mascala, you you could theoretically say, okay, you know what, Brooke, we're going we're gonna to put out Mascala and Horford. And we're gonna we're gonna space the floor with some size, and 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 kind of dare you to try to try to guard that and open things up that way. So it, it's it opens things up for a, a big chess match. The the Crowder addition opens things up for a chess match. Ingles out there opens things up for a chess match because you know you, you can attack certain guys, but you also have to guard certain guys. So I think the Bucks are obviously the biggest threat to the Celtics. I assume this is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's a very safe assumption. And I think for most people, they'll say, this is the actual NBA Finals. The Bucs and the Celtics are, I think, so clearly the two best teams in the NBA that I would expect this to go seven games and down to the last second shot. And it may it may come down to who ends up with home court and gets that friendly kind of home crowd in the last seconds and and maybe maybe somebody gets rattled on the other side and you get that little extra adrenaline boost when you're just exhausted and you got those legs to get that shot up over the outstretched hand and hit the buzzer beater that's how close I think these two teams are matched yeah absolutely and the home court stuff is real and that's why 
you know, Bucks fans probably still look back at the game six last year when Tatum went absolutely berserk and that was the missed opportunity. Then you have to go for game seven on the road, which is obviously pretty challenging. One last question I've got on Boston. Joe Mazzulla, what, what's the yeah. what's the temperature check over here? Because look, I, I think most, and this is the same, I keep talking about what you want from other teams, but I think it was a big question for people coming into the season. Okay, how are the Celtics going to settle now uh, with this disruption so close to the season? Then you started so well. But yeah. from a from a complete outside perspective, it does feel like that anytime anything slightly isn't perfect, the haters are coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There's there there's a lot of that. Joe is learning, um, but he's done a great job. Uh, I think the beginning of the season, weirdly, the the timing of the Ime Udoka stuff was actually good for the Celtics because it forced them to circle the wagons right away and it forced them to focus right away. And they went on that monster run to start the season. And then I think they, you know, starting with that golden state game, they, they kind of got out of their normal rhythm and started to play a different kind of style. I think they got too caught up in the golden state game. And then after that, you bring in Robert Williams and, and, and that kind of changed the flow of the Celtics because now they're playing instead of five out, they're playing with uh, Robert Williams in the dunker spot, but they're only kind of slowly integrating him. So there was a little bit of a, a hiccup there, but when it comes to Joe Missoula, I think the big thing, obviously in Boston, people want to talk about the timeout usage and he, he really tends to wait two, three, four beats longer <laughs> to call the timeout in the run. We just saw it uh, in the last game against Memphis in the third quarter where, uh, and I don't think this is a big deal. They, they end up winning the game, but there is the start to the third quarter. There's a, you know, they make a run. It was like 15 to two or 18 to two. And it was just like, here we go. Okay. Call a timeout. Stop that momentum. Nope. He wants them to figure it out. Call a timeout now. Nope. He wants them to figure it out. Then they tie the game and you say, okay, well you're up 15 and you let them come all, all the way back to tie it. You want to stop the, the momentum there. That's like the big criticism of Missoula. I don't think it's that important, you know, because he has called timeouts before at the right time and the other team keeps on going on a run. So there's, I think that's one of the overstated things. I think what Joe Missoula does really well is he communicates with his guys. They respect him. Um, I think he, in the media, he's, he's the opposite of Ime Udoka. He's not direct. Uh, about his players, but I think privately he is. And I, I think that he's willing to understand, most importantly, what he needs to figure out. And, and he's he's learning quickly on the fly. So um, I, I, I like what he's doing. I think he's perfectly capable. The playoffs will be a different story. And that that's going to be a real, real test. Um, and, and will that be the difference maker against a Bucks team that has done it? And he hasn't and as, as the head coach. Uh, we'll, we'll see. That, that, that's going to be where, if you point to anything, when people are handicapping that series, whenever it happens, I think that would be the one thing that people point to as a differentiator. Yeah, that's interesting, particularly the timeout stuff. because I, And obviously, we've had plenty of pods about Mike Budenholzer over the years, and he will always have his detractors as well. But I've always said that there's some things that are really easy for fans to point to and say, I can visibly see that I don't agree with that. Like there's adjustments yeah. and all types of things that are that are there's more complicated than you think. 
but team goes on a run and you don't call a timeout, everyone can sit on their couch and say, I would have, I would have stopped that momentum there. So it's a pretty easy one to criticize. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's, that's at the heart of it all. It's there's, I I talk about like, we know the cadence of a run where we know it's, Oh, that's interesting. They're hitting a couple more shots. Oh, if they hit one more, we need to call a timeout. Oh, they hit that timeout. Everybody knows that like one, two, three step. And when you don't get that third step, people are like, well, where's the payoff here? We all know timeout. I just sat there and said, call a timeout to my TV, but you didn't. So you're the one that's wrong. I'm not wrong because this is how it's always going. So it's, it's, it's an, it's an easy criticism. You're right. Absolutely. All right. I'm not sure if you've got any questions coming back the other yeah, way. Man. Uh, so we can get into some more buck stuff uh, as we keep rolling. And we'll talk about LinkedIn jobs first as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs uh, helps you do this quickly by uh, going beyond the resume data using insights from your job post company and the 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What do you got for me, John? What do you want to know about the Bucks? Um, well, I, I kind of want to know how you guys have been integrating, like how how has Joe Ingles kind of worked for you guys? Because I think people who listen to and watch this want to know the 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 other guys on this team and and how they've been because the Celtics depth has been really on display. And we're 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 looking at this game, and and I think we're both sitting there saying, "Hey, you know, they can they can." This looks like the Celtics are punting it, but Derek White is the player of the week, and there's some other guys there that if if Milwaukee says, "Oh, we we got this, it's fine," and they come out a little bit, you know, slow, this could end up being a battle. But what about Milwaukee's depth? What should the Celtics be worrying about there? Yeah, it's interesting. And the Ingles one has been fascinating. And I always have to be a little bit careful talking about Joe because there will be people that if I say anything positive, they will accuse me of, for some reason, having some type of bias to Joe Ingles. But uh, <laughs> if, if we look beyond that, he has missed, and we know he was coming back from the ACL. And this was a big question mark for the Bucks signing Joe Ingles to that salary slot that they did. What do they think they can actually get out of him? He's missed 33 games this season. But overall... The Bucks have have really struggled to be healthy all season long, and I had to look at it uh, just before we started this show. And Middleton and Giannis have played two hundred minutes together in a season. I mean, they just have not played together because Chris Middleton's been out, and probably that has been one of the biggest factors that has determined why the Bucks have struggled offensively. They're actually twenty first in offense for the entire season. I mean, they have been just hmm. just objectively bad. But in the half court, they haven't been able to get anything going. Now sometimes. We look at that and say, okay, that's Chris Milton, but Drew Holiday's missed 11 games. Giannis has missed 11 games himself. But when Joe Ingles first came back, he had in his second or third game, he had, uh, I think, 15 points and eight assists. And it was interesting to me how easily Bucks fans were impressed by a guy that can run, pick, and roll and make an easy pass. 
and throw a lob because the Bucks don't have a true point guard. They they mix and match between Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. They can be turnover prone at times. So the thing that Joe Ingles has brought to this team is a guy that can really operate offensively in the half court, which is something that they absolutely need. We know he's unconventional. He looks a little awkward. He goes at his own pace, but he's a 6'9 guy that's a lefty as well. And he is actually just easily able to make the correct pass. And I think one of the big benefits we've seen is him trying to work into a connection with Brook Lopez on the offensive end. So I think what it does for the Bucs, Ingles might be in the closing lineup in games. We'll see, depending on matchups, the defensive stuff. But I think what it does is it gives the Bucs different options offensively. If Giannis is on the bench, okay, how do we keep the offense ticking? You've got Chris Milton that can be out there as a threat. But now you've got Joe Ingles who can run offense and maybe unlock some stuff with Brook Lopez. So I think offensively is where it helps. And then, you know, obviously the Bucs have been awful as a three-point shooting team in the postseason. So you add a guy that's played lots of playoff games and he's yep. just a really good shooter. I mean, the offense, it's... Look, the Celtics are third in offense right now and they are fourth in defense. Um, like, how... How has Milwaukee, as the 21st offensive <laughs> team, but but the second-best defensive team, so they're a couple of slots ahead, uh, about one point separating their defensive rating. How do you, how do you hang, you know, this this long? How do, how do you stay within a game and a half? How do you whip off a 10-game 10, 10 winning streak with an offense that's been struggling as much as it has? Yeah, it's interesting because at the start of the season, they started 9-0, and and they won those games – on defense and Brooke Lopez was just absolutely insane, which we weren't sure about because even last year he missed most of the season. He came into the postseason pretty underdone. So we're like, okay, he's 34. What type of Brooke Lopez performance are we going to get this season? But he has been awesome defensively. Then you've had Giannis carrying the offense and the offense has been terrible. They were shooting the ball at, at an awful clip for much of the season. But the last 10 game winning streak, they're seventh in offense and they're second in defense. So the defense remains elite. Why has the offense got better? Part of it is Chris Milton has played in those 10 games. He literally returned at the start of this 10-game winning streak. So they haven't lost a game since Chris Middleton's been back. He's coming off the bench. He's providing a serious scoring punch. He's scoring at a, a very uh, high per minute rate right now. And you've had Joe Ingles. So all of a sudden, you're just healthy. And every team is missing players. Guys miss back-to-backs, those types of things. But the the games missed for the Bucks was seriously, seriously significant. And if they weren't elite defensively, uh, they would be right back in the middle of the pack. So it, it has been the defense that's carried this team. Giannis still take, taking all those jumpers? He is. He uh, he has not shot well. It's been fascinating to see Giannis this season because he's been elite at the rim, as as he always is. Uh, but he hasn't shot the ball well from three. The mid-range stuff has not been not been good at all. It's actually been worse than it has been the previous couple of seasons. So he's still working on it. Uh, but... No no level of consistency with that three-point shot. But he'll have nights where he'll go three for four and sure. have those nights where he'll knock them down. But I'm always of the opinion, and people get mad, like don't ever shoot threes. I'm never going to sit back and say or be angry at Giannis for, for pulling up for a three because that man, if anyone on this roster has, should have the license to, to take a jump shot when they feel like it, it should be him. I just feel like, you know, during the regular season, especially for a team like Milwaukee, yeah, let it fly. What the hell? Yeah. Look, what's yeah. what's wrong with? I mean, he he's still solidly in the MVP conversation. You're still right there, knocking on the door for first place. And if this game goes the way we kind of think it will, 
they should be only a half game out. They they could go into the All Star break tied with uh, you know tied with the Celtics, depending how the Celtics next game goes. They're they're on a back to back. Um, they they could they could end up going in. How many games do you guys have left before the break? Two. Two. Boston then Chicago. Yep, yep. Oh, so if you win two and Boston loses two, they could be the first. They could be in first in the East heading into the break. So. I, I see I see no reason to complain because I feel like Giannis in the playoffs isn't going to take those shots. I feel like he's going to still try to be the guy that he always has been. But if he can start finding a rhythm at some point during the season, then maybe maybe that, that shot actually becomes dangerous enough where you can't defend him the way he has. I never really I, I know that there has been some consternation in Milwaukee over this. I, I just I never understood it. I think you're right, Giannis. Like Giannis can do whatever the yes, hell yeah. he wants. If he wants to work on kicking the ball in from half court, hey, you never know when you're going to need somebody to punt you a three pointer. So yeah, go ahead, try it, Giannis. I, I don't think there's any issue with that at all. Well, the other thing is, and it, the three point stuff, like he, as I said, he'll have some games where he'll knock some down. But again, if he's shooting three or four threes a game, I, I don't think that's fine. The mid-range stuff is interesting because this is actually, to your point, where he can score in the postseason because teams will be like, all right, you want to shoot mid-ranges? But last year, he was up at 41% on all mid-ranges and 44% on long mid-ranges. Like, that's fine. That's, that's, a, that's a fine percentage for a yeah. shot that teams are going to give him. The problem is this year, he's down to 29% on the mid-range. But that's actually the area of the game where he showed improvement, whether it's those turnarounds maybe work into the middle and shooting a little hook shot. Like those shots are valuable for him to continue to shoot because that's what allows him to get easy points. And then the defense has to, has to make a decision. So I, I'm with you. I'm glad we're in the same boat here because I, I'm never going to get on a podcast and go crazy about Giannis shooting a few jump shots. Yeah. Now I'm look, I, I will say that I have a, a good healthy fear uh, of the deer. <laughs> uh, this is, this is like I said before, these are the two best teams, man. These are the clear two best teams. Um, I don't – I'm not going to go full John Morant and say, oh, I'm good with the West. But <laughs> I, I do feel like either of these teams facing e- any of these top teams out West, we'll see about Phoenix with KD, but I still feel like these are the two, the two best teams with their depth, with their continuity – with everything that they've they've gone through um and and just for many many years with many of the same players these these two teams are 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 amazing i'm i'm kind of upset that the schedule was what it was and they put this game 2 days before the all-star break that just was screaming for uh some sort of rest and or or something like yeah I just, I just, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm always a little upset when these two teams don't match up at full strength. But, uh, like I said, man, don't take, don't take this Celtics team lightly and say, well, they're missing, you know, they're three, three of their best players, or potentially even four of the best players. For some reason, man, these other guys, when they get these opportunities, they really, really take advantage of it. If the Bucks go in there and get lazy. And think, and and if it's especially like, oh well, the All Star breaks in a couple of days, and we're just kind of checked out. Celtics can actually surprise people and pull this game off. I, 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 I my prediction would be B- Milwaukee, but I'm not. I'm like, don't be surprised if Milwaukee comes out 
a little lax if Boston takes takes advantage of it. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't because not only is the tiebreaker you know potential uh, importance, they also got absolutely whacked on Christmas Day. So th- yeah. they they should be coming into this game. Uh, wanting to play well. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Bucks and Locked on Celtics your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game. NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. John, uh, always good to catch up. I'm sure we probably will before they play again a little bit later in the season. And then I'm still, I'm still planning to get back to the U S haven't been to the U S since COVID sent me packing, uh, but I'm looking <laughs> to get back for this postseason run. So maybe we'll do some podcasts. In yeah, person. absolutely. We play again in March. So we'll get ourselves uh, a few weeks to recover from this one and we'll do it again. That's John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. I'm Kane Pittman from Locked On Bucks. Uh, as we said, we appreciate the support. Subscribe, hit the notifications, and uh, drop a comment in and let us know your thoughts on the Bucks and the Celtics. And then we'll both be back post game after Bucks and Celtics Tuesday night.